check. Okay. All right. Good afternoon, TLC. Beautiful people. It's good to see you guys. Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. It's uh, man, it's been a crazy week. We had like two weddings yesterday and a funeral. It's like a, it's like a movie. It was, it was, in, it was like emotions are just all over the place. Happy, sad, happy. Like it's back and forth. Uh, but uh, we're here today, and God has a uh, God's good word for us. Kind of just settle us down and prepare us for this coming um this coming week, you know, and uh, I want to share with you guys, we are in a series called Game Changers. We're in a series called Game Changers because this year, 2019, I truly believe, and I really believe this with all my heart on leadership, believe this, that it's the year that uh, we as a church and you as an individual, that God is really preparing you to do something uh, bigger. That God is preparing you to be uh, a light, to be a game to, to elevate things around you, to change the trajectory of lives of the people around you. 2019 will be a year where you are actually creating change, right? That you have a vision that it's possible, not only is it possible, that it is called, it is, it is your sacred duty from God. Do you know that every generation we try to change the game, every generation we try to, to bring back Eden, every generation we're trying to make it good again. Everyone, every generation, they try to do some way, somehow to do it. You know, the boomer generation was a generation that said, you know, um, uh, God and country, right? God, country, and family. It's just, this is the truth. This is what we stand for. It doesn't matter what it is. We'll make that happen, right? We got, we got, the, we got the, uh, the Xers, me, right? And a few of you guys, right? A generation that, that, that declares, like, hey, let's just make it real. Let's, 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 let's create a generation that we're honest with who we are, honest with things are going, and actually find change through that and actually create change through that. Then we got the millennials, right? <sighs> they're, they're, that's good, the millennials. They're millennials, right? Millennials, millennials who are, who are seeking, you know what? There's something, there's something inherently bad with this world. We got to make good. We got we to make good out of it. We got the iGens, which is a little bit, maybe some of you, 2002, anybody t- born 2002 here? All right, so we're on the iGen generation, Generation Z, right? Generation that says this, there's something ugly with this world, right? And we want to make it beautiful. But all the while, with every generation trying to change the world for the best, God in the background is raising up Christians. God in the background is raising up his people and saying, would you follow and trust the process? That I'm going to change this world for the good. I will make it. I will restore Eden through you. The world can do what they think is right, but let me in the background work through you to bring back Eden. And I truly believe, honestly, and this is one of, my, one of the biggest things that's been capturing my heart. I've, I've been pastoring for 10 years, and this is the first year over 10 years that I've actually c- had this heart that I truly believe I'm with a group of people that can actually create change, right? to actually make things change, not only in our lives, but the lives of the people around us, to change, to have purpose, to have destiny. Right? And I'm praying that this coming, this coming year, you guys will see that, you embrace it, and you will go out there and actually do it. Believe that you can do it, right, through Jesus Christ and the Word of God. And so we're in a series called Game Changers. And last, last week, we talked about trusting the process. The guy saying, there's a destiny, that's the destination I have for you, a destination of maturity, a destination where you have depth of wisdom, a destination where you do not need the approval of people to tell you who you are, that you, don't, that you know your identity, that you don't need success to define you, you don't need love to affirm you, you don't need control to find control, 
There is a maturity that you will have, that you are complete, not lacking anything. And there's a destination that God has for you. But to get there, there's a process. There's a journey. There's a path that he has planned. And if you, Because if you can get there, listen, if you on the path of getting there, you will become someone who can actually change the trajectory of someone else's life around you. If you come to a place where you will actually grow in maturity, you can actually change the trajectory of someone's life to elevate the game, to change everything. Family, relationships, friends, everyone. If you would trust the process. And what was the process? The first thing it was seek the excellence standard. Seek the standard of excellence, right? That God has the standard that he's called us to go to. Not to to keep us like uh, held down, but it is to keep us on the path of flourishing. That if you would trust me, if you would walk in the standard of excellence that I have in store for you, you will flourish. You will flourish as a human being. It might be hard, but you will flourish. And as you seek for the standard, the second part was embrace the, embrace the suck, right? Embrace it. It's hard. It's difficult. It's, 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 it, it may be, it may be uh, um, trying, but realizing that you are placed there. The guy has, has a reason for why you're still single. God has a reason for why you're stuck in that job that you don't want that, that goes nowhere. God has a reason why you were born in that family. There's a, there's a reason for why he wants you to persevere and seek his standard while you're in this place. And if you were to walk in this process, if you were to trust this process, grow into a person of maturity, of depth, complete not lacking anything, a person who can actually change the world around them. You guys don't believe this? You guys really don't believe I'm, Let me tell you, I'm, I am a huge product of that. The fact that one person, one person in high school, right, chose to live out her life, very simply, but chose not to live her life in the weirdest format possible, right, during a tutoring session, chose to live out her life and shared her faith with me, sh- share her life with me, changing the trajectory of my life, to check the life of my wife and my two kids now? That you have that potential and you have that destiny and that purpose from God given to you. This is not like only some people can do it. It is every believer's destiny that you will put here to keep changing the world around you, to bring back Eden, to make bad good, to make ugly beautiful, to make what is fake true and real again to bring back reality you will call for that you will call to be a game changer but on this journey today we're gonna talk about this on this journey right on this process oftentimes we get distracted oftentimes we get kind of pushed aside because we do not pay attention we, we, we don't pay attention to the things that's happening around us, and so we get distracted, and instead of actually walking towards somewhere, we're actually being led somewhere else. And after a while, we felt like this is normal life, when in reality it wasn't. God's saying, why are you here when I have called you to be here? You got distracted. You weren't paying attention. I want to share this video with you guys to kind of illustrate this point uh, to start off. You guys ever uh, watched National Geographic called uh, Brain Games? Brain game is only me. All right, brain game. I love brain games. It's awesome, right? So this uh, this is dude. It's like a three minute video, right? He's gonna he's he's gonna um, get us to see or at least focus on a uh, a problem, and the question is, can you pay can you pay attention to what he's asking you to do? Okay, can you guys play the video? Today we're gonna play a game specifically designed to test your spatial awareness. Meet the brain games double dutch team. 
What does jumping rope have to do with the brain? Well, double dutch requires off-the-chart spatial awareness. And today, these kids are going to help us test yours. For this game, all you have to do is keep track of the number of times that either of the girls in green jumps. You'll count each time one of them lands a jump, like this. One, two, three, four, five. As you can see, these jumpers are pretty quick on their feet, so you're going to have to pay attention to keep up. When the whistle blows, start counting. Ready? Go. So, how many jumps did the green team make? Did you say 38? If so, you agreed with 40% of our test audience. <laughs> now, some of you may be onto us, but for those of you who aren't, did you happen to notice anything else going on during the double dutch? Maybe a giant chicken strolling right through the middle of the set and doing a funky chicken dance? Now, some of you may have missed that funky chicken, but many of you probably saw it, and that's okay because the chicken was just there to distract you, too. Here's the real question. What color was the wall behind the double dutch game? Here's a hint. It wasn't the same color at the end as it was when they started jumping. The back wall was changing color the entire time, from bright blue to bright red. Nearly everyone misses it. But why? It turns out there's far too much information coming in through the eyes at any given moment for the brain to fully process all of it. As a result, the brain has to act like a spotlight, focusing our attention on some parts of the scene, but not others. Now, most of you were probably paying attention to the jumpers, and some of you may have suspected that something strange was going to happen, and so you saw the chicken. But you probably weren't paying attention to the back wall. And what we don't pay attention to, we don't see. And, uh, hey, for those of you who managed to catch everything so far, did you notice that we also swapped the rope turners out halfway through? Gotcha. It's 38. It was 38. You guys didn't catch it. It was 38 jumps. You guys catch 38? I got 33. I, I didn't count correctly. Right? So I love what he said. This is what he said. What we don't pay attention to, we don't see. In the process that we are journeying with God, the things that come into our lives that we don't pay attention to, we end up not seeing. And when we end up not seeing it, we end up incorporating it into our very fabric of our lives, thinking that it's normal when all the while what, was, what we thought was normal was leading us away from the journey, the path, the direction that God has planned for us. A direction that's supposed to bring us to a place where we're actually making impact, making change, doing good, transforming the people around us, our lives, our family lives, our relationship lives, and the lives of people around us. But because we didn't pay attention, we didn't see these things happening. And after a while, they just begin to incorporate and kind of live and kind of dwell on us. We, we kind of live with it. And as we're living with it, we're, we're, we're slowly moving our trajectory somewhere else. So today I want to make sure you guys understand this. So on this journey, to pay attention in the areas that get you distracted. I want you to pay attention to the areas of your heart, your life, that distracts you. And so if you know to pay attention for it, 
you will always see it. You guys get me? If I play this video again for you, you will see all of it, right? Because you know to pay attention for it. If you know to pay attention for the areas of your life that can distract you, you will always be ready for it when it comes. You guys get me? Today we're going to open our, uh, the book of James, the letter of James, and we're going to continue with that. And we're going to see how James is kind of share this distraction issue with us. James is writing a letter to a church uh, that he used to pastor at, a pastor with. Okay? He is the half-brother of Jesus, and his church was scattered, because, in Jerusalem was scattered because of persecution. And there are now pockets all over the known worlds of these of his people and while they're all over the world the mentality the expectation was they were supposed to bring change to wherever they went wherever city whatever town wherever location they found themselves the expectation was here's the church here's the people of god here's the people transformed by god they should change the community and the trajectory of everyone else around them but the church that james is writing to the churches that james is writing to are not doing that they're caught up in trials. They're caught up being distracted by the things around them. They're not paying attention, and things are beginning to seep into the church that's causing them to lose their way, causing them to go astray. And so James write them this letter to remind them, to guide them, to teach them, because he's their pastor. He's their shepherd. He loves them, to remind them, to teach them, to bring them back towards the process that God has in store for them, a process that will lead towards changing the game elevating the world around you, bringing good, real good to the world, okay? So open your Bibles, chapter 1, James chapter 1, verses 12. We're read from verse 12 to 18, and then we're going to pray, and then we're going to break this thing down, okay? James chapter 1, verses 12, listen now for the word of God. Blessed is the man who perseveres, who walks the journey, who who continues on the process under trial because when he or she has stood the test, he or she will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. See, when tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when, by his own evil desire, he is dragged away and enticed. Then, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like the shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth to the word of truth that we might be kind of a first fruit of all he created. Uh, let's pray. Father, I, I thank you, Lord, for your word today. And God, I pray that you would give me the wisdom, the words, and the passion, and the conviction to preach it. Um, as only you desire for me to preach it. And I pray, oh God, that you would open the ears of the sons and daughters, the friends and families of the people here to hear, oh Lord, what you have in store for us. God, give us the wisdom to understand this, and God, give us the courage to live it out. We thank you, Lord. We praise you. We pray all these things in your name. Amen. Amen. So verse 12, it says, blessed is the man who perseveres under trial. So blessed, this is the journey that he wants for you to be. Every single one of you, God is saying, there's a maturity that I have in store for you. There's a place in your life that I want you to get to so that you will be mature, complete, not lacking anything, that you will actually change the world around you. You got to believe that. If you, you, we got to step into believe that you can actually be that change. And so if you can persevere under this trial, there's something waiting for you. But look at verse 13. Check it out. When tempted, 
No one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. Let me help you out. When tempted, tempted here is the same way as distraction. Everybody say distraction. Right? Distraction is when you, right, are, that, that prevents you from giving full attention to something else. Something comes along that prevents you from giving full attention to what you're supposed to be doing. So God has called his people. He has saved his people. He has given them life, and he says, trust the process. Seek the standard of excellence. Embrace the suck. Walk, and you will meet maturity. This is where you're supposed to go. Trust me. I've done everything. Would you just trust me? And the distraction comes, and when we are going here, and it prevents us from going here, it's taking us on a different detour. That's a distraction. We're all focused on to maturity, but we're being distracted going somewhere else. Give, let me give you an example. See, we're focused on being good, godly men and women. We're, we're focused on really maturing in our faith, being representations of Jesus Christ on this world, and all of a sudden we look around us and we see our friends living the life. We see our friends doing things that are exciting, embracing fun. They're saying stuff like YOLO. They're saying stuff like you only live once. You're like this best life now. And they're giving you Instagrams and Facebook pictures of all these things that's making you like, yes, I want that. And so for a moment, you get distracted. You get turned and moved somewhere else, right? For a moment, you lose your focus. Imagine being focused on the family. Say, I want my family, I want my children to walk with the, uh, God's kingdom, to move towards God's kingdom. I want, I want my family to, to, to uh, grow in the knowledge of who he is, to actually be an impact to this world. And then you start looking around, you see your colleagues, your friends, otherwise, other husbands. You see him say, oh, you know my kid, he's four years old, he can speak three languages, right? He's like, uh, has a scholarship to UCLA already. And like, you're like, oh my God, I need that, I'm, I'm missing that, I have to have that in my life. And so you begin to smother and you begin to like work on your kids and you begin to like try to seek perfection out of that. And you lose focus on the direction that he has for your family. Or you're a man of God and you say, I want to I be someone who can actually flourish wherever I go. Where I step into a room and they say, thank goodness I'm here. Thank goodness so-and-so is here. That I want to be a man that people can count on, not someone that people can say 50-50. And then you look around and you look at the commercials, you look at things around you. And you're like, this is what everyone else is telling me I should be doing. And you get distracted. This is who I need to be with and you get distracted. This is what I need to have in my life. So you get distracted and chasing that. Or you're, you're in a career. You're focused. You're like, yes, God, I hear you. You want me to be in a career that gives me purpose. You want me to be in a career that gives me destiny. You want me to be in a career that actually can change the things around me. And so here I am walking, embracing this stuff, being in this job, learning to find humility, learning patience, and I'm looking at the friends around me. And they're telling me, look, look at the six figures I can make so quickly. Look at the cars that I have. Look at the house that I possess. And all of a sudden, you get a little kind of anxious, like, well, I'm supposed to be here, but like, everyone else seems like they're doing great. And like, how about just for a season? I take a little detour. Let me, let me just be distracted for a tiny little season. And you lose focus. Don't tell me that I'm, I'm the only one that feels this way. I, I'm pretty sure Avi is like, oh, yeah, it's me, right? But, uh, but here's, here's the excuse. Oh, I love this excuse. I hear it all the time. Now, let me tell you, when I say I hear excuses, it's not that I'm trying to put you guys into a box. It's just that fact that I hear it so collectively, right, that I'm just going to say it collectively. If this is you, this probably is, okay? So the thing is, you begin to say stuff like this. Why would God put that in front of me, PT, if he didn't want me to have it? 
Why would God put her in front of me if he didn't want me to be with her? Why would God bring him along if he didn't want me to be with them? You know what? You know, first of all, God would never tempt you away from the process that he wants you to be at. The fact that that's there and that's alluring you, enticing you, you know, you know what we call that? We call that a trap. Right? You ever seen you ever seen that 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 black light, that 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 that, that zapper light, right? You you put it into a, when you go out to the forest, you put it up, and all of a sudden you, you hear and you hear zapping sound, right? And every time you hear that zapping sound, you know what happened. Somebody just got zapped, right? Some little moth got drawn to the light, got distracted, got trapped inside with them. He was walking towards them, bam, zapped. Right? Why God, why why would why would why would God put this if you didn't want me to have it, PT, why would God offer me such a crazy position? Why would it just open up all of a sudden? Obviously, it's for me. Obviously, it's for God wants me to have it. It's called a trap to distract you, to move you away from the position that he has called you to be. Because God does not tempt, James says, God does not do evil. God will not ever put you in a position that will take you off the path that he's already set for you. He doesn't just change his mind halfway, like, oh, yeah, let's just, let's just go here. The verse is what? God is what? He, is, he does not change like shifting shadows. He's not like, okay, well, today, let's, oh, that's how you feel? Oh, let me take you over here then. Oh, that's how you, let me take you over. He does not go back and forth. He says, hey, look, you got to trust me. This is where I'm taking you. This is where I want you to be. This is going to flourish you. This is going to bring you to maturity. This is what's going to actually lead you to a place that you can change things. But why would he put that in front of me if he didn't want me to have it? It's called a trap, man. Don't be trapped. Right? But God, he's so awesome. She, she understands me. We understand each other. It's a trap. Right? It's a tra- I mean, I, I joke about this with my wife all the time. She hates it. Right? She hates it tremendously. Right? When I first came to faith, when I became a Christian, I, ta- I shared with you guys, like, I became a Christian and all of a sudden, Trisha came into my life, right? I was like, man, if I knew I was going to be have a girlfriend the moment I became a Christian, I would have been a Christian way long ago, right? I would have like, waited till like high school. I would have like found Jesus ages ago, right? But why did, Jesus, why did Trisha come to my life, right? It's a trap, right? Oh, man. It's a, but, you know, I was probably her trap too. That's why I probably prevented her from seeing Jesus for the longest time, right? We were both trapped for each other. We didn't even realize it because why? We love each other. They complete me, right? <laughs> she's laughing because she's like, it's so true, right? God does not tempt. You guys know that? God will never take you off of the path that he has in store for you. And so when you begin to say, why would he give that to me if he doesn't want it? He didn't give it to you. If it's not going to lead you towards that, it ain't from him. If it's going to distra- find you in a job that's going to keep you away from community and church for like months, 100% that's not from him. If it's, if it's gonna, if it's gonna give you, if you're gonna get a position that's gonna make six figures, but it's gonna keep you away from your family, then you're not gonna see him till like midnight. Hundred percent is not from him. If you're gonna be in a relationship that all it does is really focus on yourself, not ever seeing anything else, hundred percent is not from him. It's what we call a trap. It's called a distraction, a temptation. But how am I? How am I? tempted pt how 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 does it how does the distraction work how how does how does it lure me how does it entice me check it out verse 14 but each one is tempted distracted when by his own evil desire he is dragged away and enticed 
The word dragged away here, another phrase for it in ESV is lured. He is lured away and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin, uh, and sin when it's grown fully, gives birth to death. Right? How does, how does distraction entice me? Let me tell you, it, it's never, it is never like all out distraction. It is a, what we call a lure. It's, it's something that we all, something our heart already wants. Something our heart is already yearning for and it just lures us. Everyone say lure. Someone say entice. Right? It is to, it is to feed on our insecurity. It's to feed on what our heart desperately is yearning for, especially if we don't know who you are. If you're not mature to understand your identity, your heart is feeding and wanting something, and it lures you, it entices you, and it leads you down a road that you can't come back from. There's, there's a famous uh, phrase that says, the road to hell is paved by good intentions. Right? The road, it's, it's never just like, oh, yeah, this is it. It's like, oh, I got to, oh, this is, this is the role. I mean, I mean I'm, I'm trying to do good here, you know. Like, so-and-so needs me. I got to be in their life. They won't survive without me. I got to get this job because if I don't have it, then we're going to be hungry. If I, if I don't have this career, then I'm not going to be successful in the future. And then, you know, we're all going to die. And then there's no more Social Security. There's no retirement. And we're going to just be dead, right? I, it's an enticement, right? Let me, uh, let me know if you uh, sa- have said something like this, right? PT, I just want the best for my family. I, s- I, just want, I, w- I just want the best for my family. This is not about me. This is about wanting the best for them. Wanting the best this, best of that, best of that. I, wa- I want the best for them. PT, it's j- we're just really close friends. That's all we are. We just talk to each other every day. We share everything. We're just friends, though. We're just really close friends. It's never like I'm in love with them. It's just one tiny step. I'm just, we're just really close friends. PT, I just want to play for a little bit. That's all. I just want to play. It's, it's a distraction for just a moment. I'll come back. I'm smart. I'm like mature. I can always come back, right? Let me just take a step out. It, 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 it can't change me. I'm strong. That, c- that stuff can't mess with my brain. I'll, th- I'll take a step out. I'll come back. It's just a little bit. Just a tiny little bit. And then one little step takes what? Takes another step? It's like, oh, yeah, I can, I'm only two steps away. I, I can always come back, right? And then three, and then four. And then after a while, you're like, man, it's, it's too much work to go back. I'll just, I'll just stay here for a little bit, right? It's the lure. It's the enticement of the heart. See, God does not tempt you. You're distracted because something in your heart is yearning for it. I want you to pay attention because I'm going to give you guys something right now to help you identify it. You guys gonna, you're going to thank me later, okay? I'm going to give you something right now that's going to teach you to identify your heart. The only reason I'm doing this, listen, the only reason I'm doing this is because I'm teaching you to pay attention. Because the moment it happens in your life, you know. You can't say, oh, PT never taught me this, because I did, right? Pay attention, because when it's, once it starts happening, you know. You know that this is literally I'm being enticed, I'm being lured away, right? from the path that God has in store for me, a path that can actually bring change to the things around me. Can you put, can you put that uh, s- uh, slide up? All right, so check it out, okay? Know your heart's issue. Pay attention, okay? Click. Okay, you probably can't be able to see this, okay? So it says, if you seek, 
Your greatest, this is the heading, your greatest nightmare will be, people around you will often feel this, and your problem emotion is this, okay? I'm going to lay down a few things. Now listen, listen, I know I'm, I'm going to put up a chart, and you'll be like, hey, PT, this is 2019. Don't box me in into a chart. Okay? I'm not saying this is who you are 100%. I'm saying if the pattern of your life seems to be around this, this is probably you. Okay? This is probably where your heart is being dragged towards. You guys follow? If you, listen, if you, if you would pay attention, you won't get distracted. If you would pay attention to your heart, because oftentimes you're so focused, you can't see what's happening around you, and, and, and then you take your life and you kind of embrace all these things, and you realize, oh, shoot, where am I? Okay? Pay attention. The first thing, if you seek, listen, power. That means if you're a person who is all about success, you're all about winning, you're all about being first, you're all about getting that job, you're all about uh, being the valedictorian, you're all about like get it, using people to move up, you're all about like, hey, I need you to write me 20,000 recommendation letters because I need to get into this work, I need to get this job, I need to get the scholarship, PT, please, right? If you're all about moving things around like that, success is what drives you. Having these things is what makes you feel worth and value. If that is you, you know what your greatest nightmare is? You are afraid to be humiliated. You're afraid to look small. You're afraid to feel like you don't have enough. You're afraid to feel like you're being talked down upon. You're afraid if you do not succeed that no one will take you seriously. People will think you're not worth it. You feel humiliated. Right? And do you know how people around you feel? They feel used by you because what you're really doing in their life is you're using them to get ahead you're using them to come you're like, you're like i love you because i need you to get me here right right oh you're, you're my best friend because i need you <laughs> to get me there right oh yeah we're, we're 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 all close to each other because i need you to move here i need to rub shoulders with you to get there and you know what your greatest emotion is anger you get angry when things don't go your way. You get angry when you fail. You get angry, not just like I'm mad, but like angry to the part of like, this sucks. You, you blow up at people. So here's the problem. Here's, check this out, okay? If you don't pay attention to this, can you imagine what happens when you get enticed and lured? No wonder, if this is you, no wonder you get lured away by a sense of success. Hey, this new job that I just have, six figures, three months. Drop what you're doing, join this. Follow me. Just forget about the whole entire, just leave your family for a few months. Trust me, six figures, easy. <laughs> right, wait, wait, wait. If you do this, guarantee tomorrow you're gonna get promoted. If you do I guarantee they're gonna accept you on, your, if you do this on your application, guarantee you're gonna get accepted. You get enticed, you get lured. Because why? Because your heart, Something in your heart is saying, this is what I value. This is what I want. Would you pay attention to your heart? This is you. Pay attention. Do you find yourself being angry a lot? Do you find yourself, uh, people around you feeling like, man, I'm feeling used by you, right? Maybe they won't say it out loud, especially if the next thing. The, if, if the people around you, if you surround yourself with these people, check it out. Number two. If you seek approval, you need to be affirmed. You need to be loved. You need to be in a relationship. Right? We got we to gotta be together always, right? Where have you been? It's been an hour since you last texted me. Who are you cheating on me with, right? If you are in need of approval, affirmation, relationship, do you know what is your number one nightmare? 
You're afraid to be rejected, right? The moment someone rejects you, hey, you're not pretty enough. You're not good enough. You're not man enough. I need more from a man. I need more from a woman. I need, I need someone that looks like this. You feel rejected. You feel broken. You feel lost. So and ch- check this out. And the people around you often feel what? Smothered by you. Smothered. Is it like a lot of moms? Like helicopter moms? It's like, I need, I'm just trying to protect my kids. I love them so much, right? You know what it is? It's y- you need them to make you feel approval, to make you feel like you're good, to make you feel like you, you, you're worth something. And the moment they reject you, oh, man, it's game over, right? And you sm- but you, you're actually just smothering them, okay? And probably relationship. How many of you guys are in a relationship with someone who's just constantly really needy, right? You know, you know that feeling like, oh, man, this just, I'm just so smothered, okay? And this is how your problem emotion is. You're, you're afraid of what? You're a coward. Because you don't want to speak up. Because if you speak up, you're going to get rejected. You spe- you're afraid to say something because if you say something, what if they reject me? What if they push me away? What if I'm done with them? So you don't say anything. You kind of let them go on with their, with their dreams and their, their thing. Especially, can you imagine a couple that's one powerful, one seeks approval? One uses the other, right? One uses, it's, it's a horrible cycle. One person uses the approval like, hey, I need you. It's like, okay, here I am, whatever you want, right? You do something dumb, I'm not going to say anything because I don't want you to reject me. No wonder how easy it is when someone comes to you, how easily enticed you are, how easily lured you are when someone comes along and says, I love you. Literally, we just met for two minutes. I felt like God has placed me on this world to love you. Yes, I've been looking for you, right? God told me I was going to get a husband this year, Amazon package delivery guy. You're the man, right? You're just here, right? It must be you. Third, pay attention. Comfort. This is you. I want the easy life, PT. I don't want no commitment. I don't want no responsibility. I want to spend my days on an island somewhere sipping a Mai Tai. I want to travel the world. I don't want no work. I don't want anything that would have to put me, I don't want anything that would bore the living daylights out of me. I want comfort. Do you know what your number one nightmare is? responsibility. How many brothers are like this, right? You are so afraid of commitment. I just want the easy life. Can't we just have fun? Can't we just be, can we just enjoy each other? What's up with all this, like, I gotta put a ring on it? What's this, like, married to it? Come on, like, this, that's way down the line. Babies? What? Really? We just met each other, right? How crazy? You, you are a person that seeks comfort and ease. And do you know how the people around you feel? They feel neglected, right? Because the moment, the moment things get committal, you're like, I'm just going to, this is where I leave the room, guys. Sorry, right? The moment when responsibility happens, like, oh, this is where, like, I'm going to check out. Sorry, right? And the people around you, they neglect it. They're like, well, is they gonna sh- are they going to show up? No. And, and don't you ever see people like girlfriends that defend guys like this? Oh, he's just tired. Oh, he's, he's, he worked really hard this week, you know, delivering pizza he's just really tired right <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was a little too much <laughs> right and, and do you know what? do you know what your problem emotion is do you know what your emotion is boredom you just i just don't want to be bored keep me entertained I, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to be locked down because if I'm locked down, that means I'm stuck. If I'm stuck, I'm going to feel like I'm not going to go anywhere and I'm just going to be bored. 
how easily, how easy it is it for you to be enticed and lured. When you're with a long-term relationship and a girl comes to you and says, hey, you know what? I'm more fun, for reals. Your girlfriend, she's sweet, but honestly, you want sweet or you want fun? How easy it is for you to say, I want fun, right? I don't want to be bored to be lured away. Pay attention. Pay attention. Because this is how you kind of dis- distract. This is how your life ends up being. You, where you get so distracted, you're not paying attention, and it gears you towards something else. Next. Lastly, and I'm not going to lie, this, at first, when I first read this, I read this in, the, in, the, in this uh, book, right, and I realized, first three, I, t- I don't need no, I don't need no power. I'm not big on approval. I don't need, like, comfort. Right? It's me. But then when it got to number four, I was like, dude, that's control. That is 100% me, right? Like, there's standards. There's self-discipline. There's certainty. This is, w- this is where things are. You better get there. You can't just, like, wishy-washy. You can't be, like, back and This is the standard. Get there. Right? You know how your worst nightmare is? Uncertainty. Isn't that so true? Oh, man, I'm like... Whenever things happen, I don't know what's going on, especially com- coming into this year, 2019, God giving us this vision as a church. Like, we want to be people that actually love more, that actually go out and reach anyone just because the gospel is real and the gospel can change lives, not just because people we think, like, oh, it can make us feel good, but to actually go out and say, well, I'm, I'm, I'm uncertain. Like, what if my people don't do that? What if my church doesn't do it? What if, what if like, things don't work out? What if everyone got scared? What if we just end up being the exact same place we were last year? Uncertainty, right? And you know what? The people around you often feel condemned. Oh, man. So many of my salt guys, they're like, PT, how come we always never feel like we're good enough? It's because you're not, right? <laughs> this is where you're supposed to be, and you're not there. Obviously, you're not good enough, right? Often, oh, man, I had to repent so hard after I saw that, right? Your problem emotion is you worry. You're constantly worried, always worried. Like, you just quit your job? Why are you so dumb? Like, what are you going to do for a job now? Oh, you want to pr- pursue your passion? Great. Who's going to feed your, you, right? Who's, who's going to pay the bills? You, you worry about the people, and they say, oh, you're just condemning me. No, I'm worried about how stupid you are, right? This is where you're supposed to be. You're not there. <sighs> right? So how easy it is to be enticed and lured. How easy. When someone comes and says, hey, I got a position for you. You're in charge. You call the shots. You run the show. Come take it. Yeah, that's me. You know what James is saying? James is saying this. God has a process for you. God has a journey for you. God has a a place for you. God says, this is where I want you to be. Mature, complete, not lacking in anything. Would you trust the process? Oftentimes, though, what happens? We get distracted because we're not paying attention. We're not paying attention to these things that's coming into our lives that's enticing us, that's luring us away from the process. And we're thinking, oh, it's harmless, not a big deal. Everyone does this. This is just reality. Get with the times. And in reality, after a season, after a journey, after years, we find ourselves way off the path we need to be. Isn't that not true? How often you say, I just want to play, and then you end up playing for like years, 
right? Or how often it's like, oh, PT, I'm just gonna, I'm just, we're just having fun. And then you end up having fun for like years and still no commitment <laughs> because you're like, we're just having fun. Why do we have to talk about marriage? Because you've been together for 20 years. I mean, uh, by this time, I think you should put the ring on it, man. Like, why? Pay attention. Would you pay attention to your heart? Right? This is the biggest problem of our generation because we don't pay attention to our heart. We're so focused on the very immediate emotions that we have. Right? You, you don't pay attention to what's actually happening. Like, it's good that, that you can actually see your emotion, but you're not looking deep enough. You're not going down deeper. Because if you go down deeper, you're going to begin to realize what is actually driving you and why you're being distracted and what's enticing you and luring you away from the process that God has for you to actually make an impact, to be someone of impact. But check this out. If you were to pay attention, if you would pay attention and not get distracted, the result will be you will be a game changer. Where is that at in the Bible, PT? Check it out. Check verse 16 and 18. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth to the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruit of all he created. This is such a beautiful passage. If you guys don't see the parallel here, look at verse 15 when it says, once desire has given birth, it gives birth to sin, and sin when it's full grown gives birth to what? Death. Do you guys realize that chart? If you were to embrace that long enough, if you were to go into a life of approval, a life of comfort, or all of the above, you were just to give yourself into those idols, into those things. The only result in a life like that is not only are you broken personally, but you break everyone else around you. It's a life that leads to death. And yet, listen, listen, God chose to give us birth through the word of truth. Word of truth. John chapter 1, it says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word is God. The word of truth is who? Jesus. That when he has given us birth through Christ, that we might be kind of a first fruit of all he created. You know what first fruit is? Some of you guys are not farmers, so you guys probably will not understand what the first fruit analogy is. Let me give you an, uh, a glimpse of it. Let me help you along, okay? First fruit. In the harvest season, there's two times a farmer comes out. It's actually, well, the main time is doing the actual harvest. We have to harvest everything. But the first time is what we call he comes out for the first fruit. He comes out and he looks at his, his, looks at his plants. He looks at what he's growing and he says, this is the first fruit. What does it look like? Because whatever it looks like will be whatever everything else follow it will look like. It's the first fruit. If the first fruit is good, abundant, and vibrant, guess what the harvest will be? good, abundant, and vibrant. If the first fruit is broken, ugly, and, and dying, guess what happens to the rest of the harvest? Broken and dying. You guys get me? And so here it is. If you would pay attention to the journey that God has and planned for you, the process that he has and planned for you, he says this, you will be like the first fruit, which means that everything that comes after you, everything that surrounds you, everything that you get into contact with, will be abundant, alive, and vibrant. You will be the example and the legacy of everything else around you. 
if you will pay attention and not get distracted. You will be game changers. You will be people who elevate everyone else around you. You will be people who will change the foundation of what family looks like. Everyone in this world will tell you what family is. And God is saying, but I created family. Shouldn't I be the one that defines family? And you will be the one that says, let me show the world, God, what family looks like. And then you will be the one, the first one that will tell the world what it means to be a man or a woman. Everyone has their own definition nowadays of what a man and a woman is. But God is saying, I created man and woman with my breath. Should I not be the one that defines man and woman? Their character, their role, their responsibility, what they're meant for, what flourishes them, what destroys them. Should I not be the one that defines it? I will you, and you will say what? I will be the one, oh God, that will show the world what a man is. What a woman is. I will be the one who shows the world what the responsibility of a man and a woman is meant to be in this world. I will be a game changer. You will be the one to actually teach the world what love really means. Everyone in this world has a definition of love. Everyone defines it however they want to define it. But God is saying, I am love. Should I not be the one to define it? And you will say yes. And God, that through me, you will, the world will see what love really looks like, true love. Not whatever it is that's going on now, but real love. And I know you're thinking this. You're thinking like, well, PT, let's be honest here. Like, it seems like you're really thinking very optimistically of us, right? You, I feel like you're being in control. You're trying to lift us up here. We don't reach that. You're going to be really mad later on. You know, like, how do I know that I'm actually going to get there? How do I know that that's actually a reality of my life? How do I know that that is where I'm going to be? You know how you know? Take a guess. Take, take, please take a guess. Jesus. Like, how is Jesus? Check it out. Look. Verse 16. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers. Every good and perfect gift is from above. There's only one good and perfect gift. And it's been from above. And it's been given to us. Yes? Right? Coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights who does not change like the shifting shadows. He is the first fruit. Jesus, if Jesus Christ came guys, and he was the gift of God to us, and he just died, and he didn't come back, you're like, all right, that's, that sucks. Awkward, right? What are we going to do now, right? But he came back. He didn't just die. He, that's what you got to wrestle with as a Christian. That's the only question you got to wrestle with in the beginning is this. Did Jesus Christ come, die, and did he resurrect? If that is true, everything else is a game changer. Because if he came back, and he is who he is, that means what? When we look at him, everything that comes after him is going to be what? Just like him. You guys get me? And who came after him? We are. We are the ones that follow the first fruit, which is Christ himself. We are the one that. So if it's true for him, it becomes true for us. Was he the game changer? You best believe he was a game changer. He changed the very fabric of history. A mere carpenter's son born in a stable in the middle of nowhere in a time long gone turned history made it beautiful changed the course of everything in existence he is a game changer and if it's true for him and we follow that it's true for us you guys follow 
So would you pay attention? That's all I'm asking. Pay attention to the distractions that's in your life. Open your eyes to see how beautiful it would look if a life is able to live out the way that it was made to live out. That that I will be able to flourish the way God has called me to flourish. How beautiful that would be. And imagine a life, how ugly it is when you give yourself over to distractions and you get lost in years and years of a cycle. Some of you guys have been in that cycle, right? Some of you guys have been in that cycle and you can testify on this podium of what a life like that looks like. How empty, how soul-crushing, how ugly it is. And yet it blows my brain why everyone else wants to be in that cycle. You know why? You know, <laughs> do you know why everyone does? Because it's enticing. It lures. Because something in your heart has not given itself over to the one true God. And you've given yourself over to power, to approval, to comfort, to control, whatever in the mix of that. But God is saying, would you pay attention? Trust me. Trust the process. Let me use you mold you and shape you into the person that can actually change the world for good, that will bring value back into society, that will bring reality back into a place that's been veiled with just stuff, that will bring truth back into the world instead of everyone's truth, but actually the truth? Would you let me use you for that? Pay attention. Don't get distracted. Let's pray.